Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies and approaches that you are not hearing elsewhere. Contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of any of our shows and interviews, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, and today is June 19, 2015. We're very pleased to have with us Tim Plain, newsletter editor of Investor with Investors Alley, and he's talking to us from a beautiful country in Gardnerville, Nevada. So, Tim, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks, Charlie. I'm happy to be here. So, Tim, uh, you write a couple of newsletters uh, published by Investors Alley. Uh, Tell us first, uh, what is your background in uh, the financial industry? Okay, Charlie. I just, way back when, I was an Air Force pilot, and when I got out of the Air Force, I wanted to get into financial services. So I got in as uh, an investment rep, and I was a certified financial planner. I did that for about a decade, went off and did other things in my life. Then about six years ago, I started uh, writing about investments. I've been published in a wide range of uh, financial websites, uh, primarily Internet stuff. And then I got uh, um, picked up by Investors Alley about a year and a half ago now to when they got ready to launch some newsletters. So I've been following the markets for decades, since the early 1980s have kind of developed my own investment style over that time. Okay, appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, your uh, your focus appears to be dividends. Uh, one of your uh, newsletters is entitled Dividend Hunter, and the other is 30-Day Dividends. So tell us uh, how it is that you got into uh, the focus of dividends. I like cash flow. I mean, I find that... If you look at the markets over time, the ups and downs can be frustrating for investors. I know they're frustrating for me. And I know that personally I get a lot of satisfaction from my investments if they pay me real money, which in the case of the stock market are dividends. And I, I've also found that uh, you know a lot of people don't quite understand how the whole dividend system works. So it, it, it's a niche that's of interest to me. I like dividend payments. I think companies that pay strong dividends provide a real return to investors versus ones that go with the supply and demand of the stock markets. You know, it would be hard to argue with that. People have uh, really been touting dividends, uh, not quite as much maybe in the past two or three years because of the strong bull market we've had. But over the years, certainly Jeremy Siegel and others have uh, really focused on dividends and made strong recommendations that that's what people should be looking at. So dividends of what kinds of companies are you typically recommending? 
I tend to focus on the, uh, um, the, the pass-through types of securities, the ones that will provide higher yields, so you end up with the real estate investment trusts, the REITs, the business development companies, BDCs, the master limited partnerships, companies that uh, operate under rules of the tax code that requires them to pay out the majority of the free cash flow, and thus investors receive you know, that cash flow benefit by owning shares of the companies rather than uh, Uncle Sam sucking it up as corporate income taxes. Right. So about what, first of all, about how many positions do you propose or recommend in your newsletter each each month here? My primary newsletter, The Dividend Hunter, I talk about one to two new stocks every month, but the focus of the newsletter is really to help subscribers build a portfolio of, you know, higher yielding stocks. So I have about uh, 18 stocks right now that are in my accumulate or buy position, but I talk about two to three new ones every month or go back and review one I haven't talked about uh, in quite a while if anything's changed of it. But it's an active portfolio, probably has close to 20 positions in it. Okay. And uh, what causes you to recommend that they exit one? One of those. Um, usually, uh, my my focus is on a high yield with dividend growth. So, two things will will cause me to uh, exit one. One is if the share price has gotten so high that the yield is below, you know, what uh, I'd like to have in my portfolio. To me, that shows a stock is overvalued. The other thing that will cause an exit is either lack of dividend growth or, in worst case, a dividend reduction. Okay, and so you recommend, or when you recommend two or three new positions in the portfolio, do you recommend which position should be eliminated? Uh, not always, no. It's, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a stable portfolio with a, uh, you know, the ins and outs don't move as fast, and, and at times I'll move stocks into what I call a hold position, where um, for subscribers I go, you know, I don't think you should be adding at this point in time, but if you already own it, continue to hold it while we, we see how it goes out from here. So the movement tends to be back and forth between the accumulate list and the hold list. The sell side of my list tends to be kind of short because I'm really looking for companies that will provide, you know, the long-term yield and dividend growth without any big surprises. Uh-huh. So tell us, uh, Tim, to get into the whole, uh, the, the tall weeds a little bit here. Uh, you know, in a regular stock, I think uh, most people would feel fairly comfortable that when a company is delivering a dividend, uh, of a certain amount that they can probably afford that. In fact, we typically hear the complaint that is the opposite, that uh, Warren Buffett and others do not issue dividends in Berkshire Hathaway, etc., when they really should be issuing dividends and that companies should issue higher dividends. So when a, a U.S. stock is issuing a dividend of, you know, 2 or 3%, I think people feel fairly comfortable with that. But you focus on a lot of companies that are, like you said, business development companies, and their dividends can be 8, 9, 10%. Now, what, uh, what do you look at to determine that, that that's a dividend that, is, that, uh, that they're not paying when they shouldn't be paying? It's uh, mostly, to a great extent, I have a, my own method of doing cash flow analysis, 
where I look at how the comp- where, where where is the the cash coming from that pays the dividend. Most of these companies are pass-through companies, so over time they have to be generating enough cash flow to support the dividend. You want to see that they have the coverage and that they have both a history and a forecast that they can grow cash flow on a per-share basis. And that gives you a high level of, of confidence that they'll be able to continue to pay the dividends. It's just a lot of people out there don't understand how these companies work. They're focused on the traditional metrics of earnings per share and that type of stuff rather than more of a cash flow per share basis, which it's quite a bit of a different type of analysis. You know, it is. And uh, I have sat through uh, more than one session of how to evaluate and analyze closed-end funds, for example. But I would not want to take that on for myself or a client or anybody else because uh, it takes a particular skill that I certainly haven't been trained in significantly. And uh, I think very few investors have been trained in that. Yeah, I, I see it all the time. Um, you know, I publish articles in various places, and um, it's just something that really people have not don't understand how to dig deeper into you know the income statements and uh, the different financial metrics that these companies put out to to go deep to cash flow. They kind of just stop at the earnings per share number, and that doesn't work in the high yield uh, stock investment game. Yeah, it doesn't. So so just to clarify for our listeners, all of your recommendations are stocks of some type. Yeah, it's all stock market. It's publicly traded. I mean, master limited partnerships are, you know, they're partnership units, but right. they're, they're right. all traded on the stock market. Okay, so there are no bonds. No bonds. Not that bonds, <laughs> there are any bonds that pay any kind of yield these days. Yeah, yeah and you can't get... <laughs> You can't get growing interest payments out of a bond. Yeah, no question about it. Tim, we're going to stop for just a minute, take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're talking with Tim Plain, newsletter editor for Investors Alley. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. We're talking with Tim Plain, newsletter editor for published by Investors Alley. So, Tim, uh, we've had six and a half years of a bull market here, and your dividend hunter recommendations in, in that newsletter for your subscribers focuses on the dividends. And uh, from what I have seen, those dividends seem to range between four plus percent to about 10 percent correct that's correct now with a bull market that we have had 
uh, it seems to me that that is a pretty good return if we have only stable returns over the next months or years uh, that would be a pretty decent return all by itself just getting the dividend yes it would be and and so is that why many of your subscribers uh, subscribe and, and want to invest this way or are they actually people who are looking for cash flow uh, I would say the majority of my subscribers are people that want cash flow, you know, from their investments. Retired people, you know, they've accumulated money and now they need, you know, money to pay for retirement. And, you know, they like the idea of, you know, a 7% or so average cash flow return. Although I do have a few, you know, and I try to cover both in my newsletter because I do have ones that are using my strategy have a growing income stream that can be reinvested into more shares also. Okay. So I kind of hit both sides of that, but I would say the majority are people that need that cash. Yeah. Now, you know, I would think, Tim, with interest rates about to rise, of course, we've been saying that for about two years here, but uh, interest rates are about to rise, and that should be a long-term process, and they may not rise all that rapidly, but they will be rising over time, and then the impact that that's going to have on the value of the principle of bonds, I would think that people would be very hesitant to keep or to add to their bond positions. So I would think that other, that alternative investments that pay such high yields that are not so subject to declining values in their principal when interest rates rise, I would think that, that people would be, you know, uh, very interested in those kinds of investments today. Uh, I find that to be, I mean, I do presentations at quite a few investor conferences, you know, and it's obviously a popular subject. The, the challenges always are, you know, which ones of these high-yield stocks will be negatively affected by rising interest rates, which ones could be positively affected, and which ones will it be neutral for. So I spent yeah. a lot of time talking about that, writing about that, and answering questions about those. Now, you know, the the, the concern I've, I've had, though, for several years, Tim, is that, uh, you know, I had and I had clients in closed-end funds and business development companies when 2008 hit, and they got absolutely clobbered. Now, are those two categories of investments better protected today and in a better position to withstand uh, a downturn in the market than they were in 2008? Well, I, I think that 2008 was an extreme example, especially for, you know, on the finance side, of what happened to a lot of those companies and you know in the business development companies that, that's that's a tricky little market and i think personally there you know i look at a lot of them but they're they're edgy i i really it, it's i i spent a lot of time looking at a lot of business development companies and don't see a lot of them i like as long-term investments to be honest but they're you know out of every group there are good ones and bad ones now, now, looking at your uh, your list uh, that I, I was able to look at here, uh, again showing uh, four to ten percent approximately uh, uh, dividends, uh, the, the yields that we're paying. Uh, do you have an average of of your typical um, recommended list, a typical portfolio, the average yield that uh, that it's paying normally? The 
average yield is right about 7.5% right now. Okay. And you're quite comfortable with that uh, in terms of uh, uh, that they'll continue to pay those even if the market takes a downturn? Yeah, I think the dividends are are secure. What I talk a lot about to subscribers now is, you know, Mm. they tend to focus on the high yields. And I go, you know, I want you to buy some of these lower-yielding stocks also because these are the ones that are going to be able to grow their dividends faster. And they'll help pull up your, you know, your portfolio values when the market corrects because, overdue for a correction is like we're overdue for some interest rate hikes. Yeah, I, uh, I hear you. And so that that is a concern that people have and should have, okay, because these are all, you know, basically equity-type positions, whether, you know, uh, the, the, they're real estate or stocks or BDCs or whatever. How comfortable comfortable are you today with Master Limited Partnerships, given the, the struggles in the energy market right now? I think you have to be choosy in the MLP space. You know, the, the, the group as a, as in general has sold off a lot, but it, it, it is really, you know, a year ago you could buy just about any MLP and you'd do okay with it. Now it's, with lower energy prices, there's a lot, the ones that are functioning on the fringe of the energy market are going to be hurt. And the solid, stable players will be the good investments. So it's become much more of a uh, stock picker's market in MLPs than it was a year ago. You know, I've heard uh, uh, from several people that I really respect that we've now passed the era that um, index investing is going to be productive. Now we have, you know, the easy, uh, the low-hanging fruit has been picked, and now we have to go and and go into the tall weeds, and we have to uh, dig down deep and, and lift the hood and look under that engine and figure out who in the heck is really doing well and who we should be investing with. Uh, do you yeah, find that to I, be the I, case? I find such a broad range of companies that really are stable and good and solid for the long term and other ones that are they're just not. They're in the opposite end of the spectrum, but they're all you know grouped together, whether they're grouped together in the REIT group or the MLP group or, you know, I'm sure it's the same way in sectors I don't watch, like technology and that type of stuff. It's... I think there's a lot of value now if you have a system that helps you sort out companies that can get through more volatility in the economy and in the markets. Yeah, and I think most people would would agree with you today. So in terms of your recommendations, and first of all, we we congratulate you. you. You've got to have a strong institution. Uh, personally to be able to handle making specific recommendations uh, and then living with uh, the results of those recommendations in in such a thing as the uh, stock market here. So what in doing this, what keeps you awake at night? I spend a lot of time worrying that I'm not, that my subscribers understand what I'm trying to do. I want them to understand how we're investing for cash flow from dividends and dividends that grow because I know everybody gets scared when the stock market corrects and prices go down. And, you know, it's a subject I cover over and over again because if you buy a stock with 
a steady, stable dividend that grows over time at some percentage, you know, we don't want to worry about, you know, whether the market drops 10 or 15 or 20 percent. We want to be able to come out the other end with our income stream intact. But, you know, it, it's hard for people to fight the emotions of a falling market. It is. Now, again, as we've talked about, because the, the market is due for a correction, uh, do you recommend that people go a certain percentage of their portfolio in cash? Or do you uh, make fewer recommendations, fewer positions in your portfolio, recommended portfolio or anything like that when we get in, posi- in situations like What this? I'm really trying to do is talk to you know, about going with the more growth-focused dividend companies, the ones that, you know, will be increasing their distribution every quarter rather than once a year. So as the market gets uncomfortable, it's kind of nice to have, you know, a company increase its dividend by 1% over what they paid last quarter. And, uh, um, you know, because I, I don't know when the correction I mean, the problem is trying to time the ups and downs of the market I'm not a person that can do that. You know, it's all I know is it'll probably come sometime in the relatively near future, and I want my subscribers to be able to come out the other end in good shape. What happens in between, we'll just talk about how our dividends are doing and how our cash flow is doing and, and let the market take care of itself. So, so tell us the second question we like to ask here. Uh, to all of our guests here, Tim, is what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? I go way back to the days of Peter Lynch. His early books, One one Up on Wall Street and, you know, Beating the Street with Peter Lynch back in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was a guy that looked at companies for what companies were. Right, right. And he built, you know, the largest mutual fund in the world at that time. Yeah, he did, he did. And uh, so, so I can tell you, you, you are definitely a fundamental investment uh, analyst here because those yes. are the people who, who like Peter Lynch. So what are the final words you have for our listeners here, Tim, about uh, Dividend Hunter and about investing for dividends? Okay, well, um, you can find uh, information on my newsletter at thedividendhunter.com. It's one way to approach the market. I, I think it's a... a, a I lost a word here. It's a good way to approach the stock market, especially in times of uncertainties. You know, cash flow is a certainty. Dividends are a certainty. And if you're feeling uncertain, that's the reason I like dividend investing. Well, that's difficult to argue with, especially uh, with the prognosis that are occurring for the coming years and the uh, the growth of the stock market. So, Tim, thank you very much for being with us today. We've appreciated your insights on dividend investing. We've been talking with Tim Plain, newsletter editor for Investors Alley. And you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies and approaches that you are not hearing elsewhere. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com, and you can go to our website to hear podcasts of any of our shows and interviews at strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, and we wish you productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor. 
your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.